welcome to another episode of Getting Off the Hamster Wheel, how to find a career that brings you joy, fulfillment, and success. My name is Karen Weeks, and for those of you who don't know me, my passion is helping people get unstuck from a career that is no longer fulfilling and find one that is, which by the way, also re-energizes all areas of your life. I'm also a career changer myself, making the change from theater to HR and even recently into coaching. Today, I'm talking with Knorr, who I met through a shared Facebook group. As you will hear, she always held roles in different industries. They always had a creative or design strategy focus, but when she finally gave herself permission to quit a path that wasn't fueling her, she found happiness leading her own innovation and strategy company. So let's jump in and hear her story. Hi, everyone. I am so excited to have Kanoor here with us today. Uh, she has a very interesting background and has actually now turned it into something that is really a great way to share advice for others, but I don't want to steal her thunder. So first, if you could just kind of say hi and do the headline of your background, and then we'll dive in and go deep. Oh, sure. Hi, everyone. My name is Kanoor. I am uh, currently the founder and CEO of a company called Mindhatch. Um, if I can broad brushstrokes my all of my career transitions, it was, I would say I started wanting to work in entertainment, then went into nonprofit international development, <laughs> then went into management consulting, and now I run my own business, which is all about innovation and creativity. That's amazing. And it's funny because the fact that we both have those dips in the pool in entertainment, because um, I, oh, nice. yeah, I thought for sure I was going to be a stage manager, and then I wanted to work for a talent agency because I thought, well, I'll do the business side of the arts and it oh kept God. telling me, no, thank you. That's exactly what happened with me. Well, yeah, I mean, it's at, at the end of it, I said, no, thank you. But, um, but yeah, from the time I was three years old, kind of like the lore in my family was that like my, my aunt would ask me, Kuno, what are you going to be when you grow up? And I would say, I'm going to Hollywood. Oh. So it was kind of like this thing before I was even sentient, barely, that I was like really into movies. And when I got to college, I was like really into television comedy. Mm. I, I interned at Late Night with Conan O'Brien a couple of times. And like that still to this day was like the best job I ever had, even though it was 100% grunt work. It was amazing. <laughs> Um, and yeah, so I really dedicated myself, even though I was a liberal arts major in college, um, every single one of my internships, and I had at least one every semester, was geared towards a career in entertainment. And mm -hmm. just like you, I was kind of increasingly attracted to kind of like the business side. I think I was a little bit not brave enough to actually mm. like admit that maybe I wanted to be on the creative side, like mm -hmm. writing. Um, but, um, but yeah, at the end of college, after spending so much of my life gearing up to like do this field at the end of college, I, it suddenly dawned on me, you know, I went to college in New York and um, it suddenly dawned on me that I never wanted to live in Los Angeles. <laughs> and, and like, that was really the deciding factor. I was yeah. like, Oh wow. I don't want to live there. And, and then at, at that time in history, there was not a lot of production happening in mm. New York. And so the, lifestyle of working in entertainment in New York to me struck me as very much kind of a freelancer's um, mm -hmm. lifestyle. And I was a little bit too interested in financial certainty at that point. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> um, and yeah, so I, I made a real 180, you know, and based solely on the fact that I didn't want to move to LA, you know, went to kind of my, my second passion at the time, which was like international politics. <laughs> Bigger. Entertainment, international politics. Yeah, of course. We all contain multitudes, don't we? <laughs> yeah. Well, and I think it's really interesting because first of all, I always tell folks 
while there are not a lot of industries that are city or coast or location specific, there are some. Yeah. And you need to really sort of be aware of that because we did the same thing. We moved to LA. We were fresh out of school. Maybe it would have been different if we had done it later in life. But at 23, with no clue about what we were doing, it was really intimidating to be that yeah. far away from everybody we knew. And so yeah. that's definitely something you should consider as you think about what your career could be is, oh, wait, do I have to be in a certain area of the world to do this? Yeah. And, you know, having spent eight years in Washington, D.C., mm. um, which is a very kind of sector specific industry, like a lot of people live in D.C. because there's nowhere else they can do the job that they want to mm -hmm. do, whether it's working on the Hill or being in politics or even like NGO work, you know, so you have a lot of people who are there not necessarily by choice, yeah. <laughs> you know, and so, um, um, but that's really interesting what you say about LA because like, if I look back on who I was at like 22, I really wish I had been more of a risk taker. Mm. I, I wish that I had moved to LA and just been like, you know what, give yourself five years. Mm -hmm. And if it doesn't work out, you can change, you know, but I think at that, at that point in my life, I was in such a rush to like grow up and like, yeah have a salary and health insurance, you know, and, <laughs> and it's really funny. Like now I'm like more risk taking, yes. you know? And so I wish I could have had that youthful risk taking at that time, because I mean, I have no regrets, but like, you just, you just never know, you know, yeah. like I, I wish I hadn't um, spent so many years trying to find that certainty, which mm -hmm. honestly never really came, you know? And I, yeah. I wish I'd just kind of given it a shot and, and if it didn't work out, cool. You know, like a lot of things didn't work out after that. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, I do think though, different at different stages in your life, different things are important. And oh, whether it's your upbringing or the label you've put on yourself, like I am an entertainer, so that's all I know. So of course that's what I'm going to do. Or I'm a family person, so I'm never going to be away from my family or, you know, whatever the labels are that you start to put on yourself you have a hard time peeling those away until you have different life experiences to show you don't yeah. have to be those things just because you were those things growing up. Definitely. I mean, if, if we're lucky, you know, life is long and our careers are long, like mm -hmm. the arc of both is very long, you know? And so it is like, you, you, you can't possibly know everything there is to know about yourself when you're 22, yes. you know? So that, that's why I kind of forgive myself at age 22 for like, you know, not taking that chance, you know, yeah. and, like, <laughs> and like taking my life a little bit too seriously, honestly. And um, because I didn't know, you know, I didn't know who I was. I didn't, I didn't have all of my values situated mm -hmm. as yet, you know, but I, I would say that a really big thing that helped me learn about myself and learn about my values and the trade-offs that I was willing to accept was just those job experiences, yeah. you know, was a really, was in, you know, I, that, that's why I treasure how many pivots I've made in my career. And I treasure how many different experiences I've had, even in between, be it through volunteering or internship or just talking to people who were in careers I thought mm -hmm. I might like, you know, but I learned better by talking to them, <laughs> you know? And so I, um, I really value just like that constant iteration and kind yeah. of just like paying attention to how you evolve, you know, and how that frames how you think about your work. Yeah. And it's really interesting because I think that also leads to do changes happen by accident or are they purposeful? So when you do a 180 and you leave entertainment, was that something that you said, I'm going to run towards this new thing? Cause it's actually always been a passion of mine or was mm -hmm. it, I know I'm not doing entertainment anymore. So what's the first thing that falls into my lap? 
Yeah, well, at that time, like, you know, a few weeks before graduation from college, it was, uh, oh, crap, I don't want to move to L.A., what do I do? (laughs) It was, at that time, it was definitely like a mix of, I need to do something. Mm -hmm. And the most obvious thing was like, you know, well, what did I minor in? You know, Mm -hmm. like I, one of my minors was, was politics, you know, and I was really interested in like, you know, international travel. I was very much like a, a socially conscious Mm -hmm. kind of minded person, you know? And so, um, I had a little bit of a misfit year after undergrad where I took every graduate school entrance exam under the sun, <laughs> except for the MCAT, and just kind of figured out like, okay, well, I can't do nothing. That's always been my my modus operandi in life. It's like, I can't do nothing. I have to do mm-hmm. something. And so, um, yeah, so one of the things I took was a GRE, and I applied to graduate schools for international affairs. And I got into a really good school that thankfully was only one year long too here in the United States, you know? So it felt like a, a good amount of time to do something that even I was not a hundred (laughs) percent. And so, um, yeah. And so I, I was a classic person who went to grad school because they were trying to figure out what they wanted. And like, (laughs) I intentionally chose a program that was very multidisciplinary because I was not in the position to want to like over-specialize or over-commit to something. So I love my program. It was great. I learned so much about how to be a better critical thinker, you know, and um, I have no regrets about it, Um, especially because it was only one year. (laughs) But, um, (laughs) but, but yeah, so it was, it was a decision made out of like maybe a lack of imagination, honestly. (laughs) And, um, and maybe, maybe with some family pressure, although I've never been one to be too obedient to family desires. <laughs> so, um, um, but it was just like the one idea you have when you're 22, yeah. like, okay, I'm looking for jobs in multiple cities. I'm not finding any, you know, let me, let me keep iterating on myself and like figuring out, you know, what I want to narrow in on. Well, and while I realize you may not be thinking this strategically at 23 or whatever, Mm -hmm. you actually probably gained a lot of great soft skills, like, you know, Mm -hmm. dealing with different backgrounds and, um, you know, conflict management and a lot of things that probably came through in that program that whether you applied it for 20 years or have taken it into other roles, Mm -hmm. I'm sure you gained so much, even if you didn't stay in that discipline. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I, the one thing that always sticks out to me, um, like I mentioned earlier, is that it just made me such a better critical thinker. Mm-hmm. You know, it really honed that skill, you know, about how to kind of structure an argument, you know, and, and those things serve me well now. I mean, even in my hob, one of my hobbies is I, I write for a, a satirical newspaper and, <laughs> And just like, you know, like comedians know how to poke holes in things, you know, yeah. like they have, they have good logical brains. Right. And so, um, um, and yeah, so I, I, it definitely shapes my mind in a way that I really find valuable. And then also I think, I think it also just frankly at a time when I really needed it, mm-hmm. built my confidence back up, mm-hmm. you know, because, yeah. um, here I was a journalism major. Yes. I had minored in politics, but I, I was a journalism major, who went to get a, a master's of international relations at the university of Chicago. Um, and I was surrounded by people in my program who had like already 
spent their entire four years of college studying politics or studying wow. international affairs, you know? And, and the fact that I succeeded and thrived and got my thesis, got nominated for honors, you know, kind of made me realize that like, oh, wow, like I'm, I'm capable. Like the, the, <laughs> the things that I know, the things that I've already learned can serve me in many different realms, even if I'm not already coming in as an immediate expert, you know? So I yeah. think um, that was really a, a great thing to learn about myself that I could, I could hang with people who had been doing it longer than I had. Yeah. No, it's so true, especially in those moments where you're questioning, like, what am I going to do next? How do mm. I handle this? You know, people know me as this. How do, we be, how do I become this other thing? To have that confidence and be able to stand tall mm-hmm. really propels you into the next phase. So did you stay in international politics and affairs for long? Did you even actually practice it? <laughs> Uh, I did. I mean, so true, true to form in my life. Like I, I graduated from NYU with almost a 4.0. Couldn't I, could not find a job. Uh, <laughs> hence, hence the misfit year <laughs> and, and applying to grad school and moving to a cheaper city. And, um, uh, and then I, I, uh, left the university of Chicago. It took me six months to find a job mm-hmm. in my field. You know, I moved to DC knowing that that was just the place to find a yeah. job. And so at the time that I, I left my master's program, um, I, I really had this clear desire, we can even say vision, that like, oh, you know, I'm going to be a social do-gooder the rest mm. of my life, meaning I'm going to work in nonprofits. You know, like that is, that is my life. And, um, and I was very proud of it, you know. And, mm. and then, you know, I got my first job in my field. Mm-hmm six months later. And, um, three months after that, I got sexually harassed. And, oh, no. yeah, and so, so my kind of, um, romantic notions of this is going to be my life lasted all of three months oh. right? because, you know, that situation basically was not in isolation. It basically, mm-hmm. what, what happened from there really showed me a lot of things about that industry, about mm. that field, and what I kind of in broad brushstrokes describe as like the moral and organizational decay mm. that I was going to be having to work in if I was going to stay in that field. Oh, no. Uh, and so um, I'm grateful. I, it took me less than a year to learn that, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but that was like a real watershed moment for me because here I thought I'm going to be in nonprofits the rest of my life. I'm mission-oriented. I can make minimum wage so long as I am focusing on a good mission and helping mm-hmm. others. Well, I quickly learned that that was not the trade-off I was willing to accept. I quickly learned that, oh, wait, I'm not willing to work in moral and organizational decay. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Those don't all have to go hand in hand. Exactly. And so I learned, like, you know, what I was willing to put up with and what I wasn't. Yeah. And, and it was a surprise to me, you know, and um, but I learned it and – that's what really kind of gave me the um, confidence of the strange word because it was really like, I have to get out of here. I have to flee. Um, But it gave me the confidence to know that I was leaving and going more toward what I actually wanted. Yeah. You know, like it was, I viewed all of my jobs and internships and volunteer things as like experiments Mm-hmm. You know, um, they're like rapid prototyping, you know, <laughs> of your own of your own life. Um, and so it's all about like, what can you take away and learn from that experience? Yes. And I learned a lot, 
a lot of it was not good, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but I learned a lot about what I wanted. Right. So, and that was the important thing that it, it gave me enough information to like iterate and like try to seek out what it was that I wanted. Yeah. Well, and I think that is really key is that, yes, you are going to hit roadblocks and some of those roadblocks, bumps, obstacles, whatever metaphor you want to use are going to be mm-hmm. a lot bigger and some might be little pebbles, but it's a matter of what, how can you get over it in a sense of like, how can you get yourself through it mm-hmm. and then learn from it and say, okay, so what do I need to adjust from there? Yeah. Um, that's really going to, again, I keep using this phrase, but propel you forward because that's what this is all about is mm-hmm. you don't have to be stuck where you are today, whether that's a situation in your life, whether that's your career, whether that's mm-hmm. a specific job within that career, Yeah, maybe really hard. And I'm not saying it's easy and you're just like, oh, you know, that horrible thing just happened to me, move yeah. on, <laughs> but you can work through it. And I think when you have the right support group or, you know, support system around you or, you have the right confidence or whatever the thing is that you need to survive. Mm-hmm. If you keep adding to your story, that's the point is that you keep adding to your story. Yeah, definitely. And you keep learning about what your own values are, mm-hmm. right? Like that, that experience is the first of several where I like really learned like, oh, wow, I thought by virtue of working in this space, I was going to be meeting my values. And then well, it turned out being on the inside was not at all in line with my values, yeah. you know, like, um, and so, um, that was like something that was really pivotal for me to kind of be like, oh, okay, well I thought X about myself, but I got some new information and that caused me to learn something new about myself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, especially in that moment where you really thought you had found like your, your life's work. How did you step through that and reflect and go, okay, well, if that wasn't the thing, then I'm going to try this thing next. Like, how did you go through that process? Yeah. Well, you know, so I, it was kind of in a couple of steps. So, you know, um, outside of like the sexual harassment and like the, all of that PS, I got the asshole fired. Um, but, um, the, the problem was that he, should have been fired 10 years before I ever yeah. even got there. That yeah. was, that was kind of like the lesson. Um, but you know, so beyond that experience, you know, just like at an, it, it was, I, I kind of in quick succession learned, okay, I am not going to have an impact through the programs that I am managing. Mm. I am not going to feel connected to impact for the people we are purportedly trying to help. So then I said, okay, well, Impact is important to me. That's a value that I are, I knew I had. Mm-hmm. Maybe I can have an impact on my organization. You know, maybe I can have an impact on my team or on like mm. the organizational culture. You know, like I was just seeking for where I could scratch that impact itch. You know, yeah. and so, <laughs> um, so like writing was on the wall that I was not going to feel connected to impact um, to who we were serving. Um, and then I talk about those obstacles, those walls, those boulders, not even pebbles mm. that you come up with. Um, I was at every turn told no, 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 when I was trying to kind of do things like put together cost-free leadership training for junior staff. Mm -hmm. I was told, no, we don't do that here. Hmm. You know? And so it was like, okay, well, then I can't even have a positive impact internally, you know? So then like, you know, what is, what is the point? Like, what is, what is the purpose, you know, of, Mm -hmm. of, of me being here? And so I would say 
kind of like going through that process of like trying to find a place to have an impact and feel connected to impact and then kind of just not being able to, yeah. that was really kind of like, okay, I gotta, I gotta go. Like, this is not a place yeah. for a young energetic person who wants to create change in, in mm-hmm. the world, you know, and be a part of that. And so, um, and so how I kind of went through it was that, you know, because I was in the social sector, um, I was, um, thankfully like learning about this kind of adjacent field of social innovation and mm-hmm. social entrepreneurship. And, um, that really, you know, perked, peaked, perked, I forget, uh, perked my ears up. <laughs> um, and I got really interested in like learning about that mm-hmm. and my, uh, from kind of like the innovation, creative problem solving, all these things that my nonprofit was not doing, you know, and, um, um, and, you know, taking kind of a beneficiary lens, you know, and like, and that kind of thing. And, and so that really tuned me into this idea of like innovation. And that's what really led me to uh, want to go to the private sector. So kind of just kind of learning about this other thing that people were doing. And my observation of people in social innovation and social entrepreneurship was that they were, MBA holders. They mm-hmm. were reformed and recovering and apologetic investment bankers, you know, <laughs> who are now who are now trying to create good in the world, you know. And so um so that kind of put the bug in my ear of like, oh, before I get pigeonholed as a nonprofit worker, let me try to make a pivot to the private sector mm-hmm. and learn what I can. And originally my intent was to bring that back to the social sector. Oh, interesting. Um, so, but that, that kind of observation and desire for me to make a, a sector switch was definitely driven by, you know, um, my attraction to innovation mm-hmm. and, and that kind of thing. So that's what led me to leave the NGO sector, leave nonprofit life and go into consulting because thank God for consulting companies, they take people from all backgrounds. So, <laughs> so um, true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, especially because they're trying to fill the gaps of what their clients may need. And so they yeah. they actually need people from lots of different backgrounds because their clients are probably from all different ba- or yeah. of backgrounds. And they really value people who are like quick learners and teachable mm-hmm. and adaptable, you know. And so I think a lot of maybe the natural personality traits I had were a good a good fit for that, you know. Yeah. Like um, they just assume and frankly require that you will become a subject matter expert in like a week, you know, for your yeah. client, you know, and so, and so they just try to hire the types of people who are willing to, to do that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you seem to have a real hunger for learning and, you know, both learning for yourself, but also just learning about sort of what's happening in the world. And so I would imagine those two things together, you can pick up a client's industry very quickly and yeah. sort of dive right in. Yeah. It's, it's definitely common that people are like, I don't understand what the hell consultants do. And I'm like having... <laughs> Having been on the inside for many years, I'm kind of like, I, I almost wear that as like a badge of honor where it's like, it's like, yeah, no, you shouldn't understand it from the outside because the thing is that every project is so different, yeah. you know? And so it's, it's nearly impossible to kind of in one sentence describe what you do when you're working in a big four <laughs> management consulting firm like I was, you know? And, but I, I really like that. I, I learned from that experience that I really value variety for yeah. sure. Yeah. And, and frankly, professionalism, you know, mm-hmm. I, I, it was great to like, you know, just have some corrective measures for myself that I had lost working in the nonprofit space and like work alongside people who had like a lot of integrity mm-hmm. and 
even if they knew the client was not going to read that report, it's still a matter that it was done really well, you know? And so like, um, so that was really refreshing. Yeah. Yeah. It's really interesting knowing that you've now started your own company. It feels like a lot of that was building to that. And I don't know if you recognize that at the moment, but some of the things you just described, those are the skills or the behaviors of an entrepreneur. Yeah, absolutely. And it's, it's, um, it's, crazy. Like if you saw like my, my bullet pointed jobs on paper, you'd be like, this is crazy. Like, what is this chick all about? You know? And, um, um, but like having experienced it, it's really fascinating because like I, in my own mind and heart can really draw a nearly direct line between me wanting to be a TV and movie producer, which at heart is as you said earlier, the business side of creativity, mm-hmm. right? And then now with my company Mindhatch, where we do innovation and creativity consulting, like we help mm-hmm. create the conditions for companies to allow innovation and creativity to thrive. Wow. It's very much business meets creativity. It's like still like those both halves of my brain, yeah. you know, um, and what I've been doing since I was like a child and like was a co-founder of a theater company, you know, Aww. like it was <laughs> like, it's, um, <laughs> So it, it, it sounds random, but it does not feel random. Yeah. Well, and I think especially when you look at the things that make you get excited and passionate and get up and go in the morning, and you look at those core things, you've mentioned core values several times. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that, while they may evolve and you learn new things, that's probably whether you know it or not has been a part of you the whole time. Yeah. So that really does make sense that you were just looking at different ways to put those puzzle pieces together. They are the same puzzle pieces. You're just trying to put them together to create different uh, pictures. Definitely. Yeah. And when it comes to values, it's like, it's like that whole tree falls in a forest thing. You Mm -hmm. know, it's like, if you aren't really living or expressing your values, are they really your values? Mm -hmm. And so I think sometimes, sometimes jobs and careers, you notice if they give you the opportunity to really express your values or not. Mm -hmm. Like, are they allowing you to express them or are they suppressing them, you know? And so I think, I think when you notice something core to yourself being suppressed, then you can kind of sometimes realize, oh wait, that's a value that I have, (laughs) you know? Like, that's why this doesn't smell right, you know? (laughs) And um, yeah, and so it's definitely, I think you're totally right. A lot of those things are probably always, always there with us. It's just a matter of discovering them and unearthing them. Yeah. And is that what led you to start your own company versus continuing to work for others? Yeah. You know, a couple of things led me to start my own company. One was, um, you know, I was, I was working in big four management consulting, you know, it's, it's known for turnover, but not kind of like negative turnover. A lot of people leave to go do things like I did, like start their Mm -hmm. own companies and, you know, they view that as very positive turnover. Um, but I had been there a few years and I kind of felt like I had learned all I was going to learn there. And, um, and so it was a combination of that. It was a combination of wanting to do innovation and creativity work like full time, Mm -hmm. like with clients. Um, and frankly, honestly, it was a big step toward experimenting with, can I, you know, shed the shackles of working in an office and bureaucracy and office politics and all these things that I felt just got in the way of doing good work. You know, it's like, can I 
get rid of that and still pay my rent. You know? yeah. <laughs> and so, um, so it's definitely an experiment in like work life as well, yeah. you know, which is what, what led me to, uh, to found mind hatch. And, um, and you know, at the time I was living in Washington DC. And so it was also a little bit of a non-decision because the work that I wanted to do, it wasn't like in Washington DC, I could apply to like five firms mm. to do what I wanted to do. Like even now, seven years later, there are not companies that do what my attach does, you know? So it was kind of like, if I want to do what I'm passionate about, the only choice is to like create my own company. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> so in a sense, it was a little bit of a non-decision as well, you know? So, um, um, a ha- happy one at that, but yeah. yeah. That means that there was a gap in the market that you are filling versus 20 of you fighting for the same gigs. Yeah. That's a really good way of, of, of putting it. Yeah. 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 Thanks for that. Hey, there you go. (laughs) Um, So you've had this amazing journey. You've tried different things. You've learned a lot about yourself. You know, a lot of folks listening um, to our podcast really is, are trying to go through that same journey. You know, Mm -hmm. what is it about now that is not fulfilling me? What does that mean? I actually want to do what kind of company do I then want to do it for? What you've obviously shared a lot of advice along the way, but what's one really big piece of advice that either you wish you knew through this whole thing, or if you take nothing else away from this, remember this, what advice would you share to cap this off? Oh, okay. I always like, I'm not like a woo woo motivational person. So I like to, I like to make my advice be like very tactical. And Mm -hmm. so I'm trying to, I'm trying to like think what I have a lot of thoughts on what I would, the one thing Um, I, you know, what first comes to mind is, is just like, I I, I like using this word inertia, you know, Mm. like don't live your life work or otherwise with inertia. Mm. Like as something that is comes through in spades in my upcoming book is that quitting is a choice, but so is not quitting, you know? So whatever you are doing right now, professionally, like think of it as like, I am choosing to do this. Mm. No, not that like, I'm just slogging through or just five more years, you know, or I don't have any ideas of what to do. Like you are making a choice every single day Mm -hmm. to not make a change, you know? Yes. And that can be a good choice for you. Right. And, but just acknowledge that it, you are making a choice even when you're not making a choice, you know? And so, um, so that's something I like to leave people with. I think, I think um, another thing that just helped me a lot when I was younger, um, I mentioned how I had cut out whole careers I thought I was interested in just by talking to people. Um, There was one moment when I thought I wanted to work in fundraising. I had a couple of conversations with people who worked in fundraising. They themselves loved it. But just from talking to them, I was like, nope, cross that off my list, you know? And so I I think the value of just seeking out other people is so Mm -hmm. important. You can learn so much um, from just doing that, you know? So don't limit yourself to your own world or your own company, you know, to, uh, to figure out what you want next. That's perfect. Well, and I, it's funny because both of them actually have both the, um, not making a choice is also making a choice and knowing what you want to do is just as important as knowing what you don't want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so much of like, I mean, up until I got to forming Mindhatch, it was a lot of learning what I didn't want. (laughs) It was a lot of like carving away the marble to like, you know, find the statue that is my, my career, you know? And so, yeah. And so there's no, there's no shame in that. There's no shame in kind of 
going through the bad shit, you know, <laughs> to kind of uncover the good shit. Yeah, absolutely. How else are you going to know it's the good shit? Because you haven't, yeah. you know, gone through the bad stuff. And you can't um, be hard on yourself. You can't be like, oh, I should have known or I made a bad yeah. choice. You know, you can't be hard on yourself because yes. when you go through interviews, like you don't, there's only so much you can know about yeah. the company. There's only so much you can know before you're actually in it. Yeah. Well, and even you learn that about yourself too. You know, you may think, you know, the interview went really well. You really want to be a product manager. You've done your research on the company, but then when you're here, you know, hearing about something day to day and actually doing something day to day are two very different things and that's okay. Try it out. If it ends up not being for you, move on. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. Perfect. Yeah. And well, I think it's just like constant observing of yourself, right? Yes. Like the constant, like what, it, like I learned, like, one thing that's really important to me is to keep learning where I am. Mm-hmm. And once I stop learning, I want to leave that, that place, you know? And so yeah. that's a value that I hold, you know? So I'm constantly like, okay, am I still learning? Like that's yes. important to me. And, um, um, but yeah, it's really kind of figuring out and just like being, paying attention to yourself yes. in your, in your work. Yeah. Which by the way, also takes time to do because you're yeah. learning that about yourself. You know, it, your first job out of school, if you haven't had sort of quote unquote, a real job before that, mm-hmm. you may not recognize some of those signals or some of those triggers until mm-hmm. you've done it a couple of times You say, oh, when I'm in a place that's unhealthy for me, I do X, but when I'm happier or more fulfilled, I do Y. I now know that about myself. Let me watch for that. Exactly. Yeah. And also keep in mind that no job is going to be perfect, yes. right? You're not going to get everything. I mean, I, I like to joke like that. I, I, so I, I made my own company. I made up my own job <laughs> right? and there's things about it. I don't like, you know? <laughs> um, but it's like the things that I don't like about it are, I happily, happily accept the trade-offs, right? Yeah. Because I get to yeah. do the things that I love, you know? So it's like, so the purpose is not perfection, right? Yes. It, yeah. Well, thank you so much for sharing your story, all your insight, your learnings, the your honesty was really inspiring. We're going to make sure that people know how to connect with you uh, and learn more about your company as well uh, in the biography that will attach to this episode. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. This was so much fun. It's, um, it's, I, it, I feel like I've lived eight lives at, uh, at such a young age. So yeah, and it's, it's always helpful to talk to someone else to like connect new dots that I never saw that were there before. So thank you for that. Thank you again to Kenor for sharing her story. You can find all her contact info in the show notes. So feel free to reach out to our connect if you want to hear more. As you enjoy these episodes, please consider subscribing, sharing them with others, and leaving a rating and review on the platform of your choice. Additionally, I offer one-on-one coaching, workshops, including this Thursday, March 25th, and a group coaching program launching this spring. So let's connect. You can find all my contact information in the podcast overview. Until next time, remember, there's always a way to get off the hamster wheel.